Dish Bites, discussing Milwaukee's culinary and restaurant culture. With Ann Christensen of Milwaukee Magazine and Tariq Moody of 88.9. This Bites is brought to you by Society Insurance. Welcome to This Bites, Milwaukee's culinary podcast with the goddess of food writing and critique, Ever Essence, a.k.a. Ann Christensen of Milwaukee Magazine, and me, DJ Tariq, a.k.a. The Architect. It is Juneteenth. Happy Juneteenth. And uh, and speaking of Juneteenth, we'll have a little uh, discussion about Juneteenth later in this episode of This Bites. But this week, we're going to talk about uh, Father's Day. Uh, we have a, a few restaurants doing something sort of special for Father's Day. We're going to get into that. We're also going to mention there's a new vendor in Sherman, Phoenix. We're also going to talk about the new pilot program the city's doing for outdoor seating options for restaurants. And then Crazy Water. Crazy Water shutting down in a couple weeks and reopening as a Mexican restaurant. And we'll get into that as well. But let's kick it off with Father's Day, uh, which is this Sunday, And Yeah. So there's a, we have a, a few places doing some interesting things. Uh, Ardent. Ardent. Um, best known for, uh, of course, they own uh, Laughing Taco, Red Light Ramen, all that. Uh, they've been doing some curbside stuff, but the Father's Day, they're doing an Ardent Burger DIY kit. So you get one of their uh, seasoned Ardent Burger patty, which the the burgers come from uh, his, his family's farm. Mm-hmm. Big Marty's potato bun, a brie cheese slice. I'm not a fan of brie. Are you? Do you like brie, Ann? That's what you do. You look like a person I, like brie. <laughs> I do like brie. I don't know that I would put it... I like it just, on a burger. Yeah, I don't know that I put it on a burger. I like it. Yeah, I, I like it on just like a cheese plate, you know, with okay. crackers and things like that. Yeah, I just yeah. never got into brie. Yeah. I don't know why. No, I don't, I don't like soft cheeses. Maybe that's oh, why. okay. Yeah, it also comes with pickles, buttered and yeasted onions, and a sauce. Um, uh, that's at Ardent. Uh, you can just order that over at Ardent's website. Next up, Sanford is also celebrating Father's Day with a Father's Day grill pack. Um, looks pretty good. Uh, this includes, for one price, this includes uh, an appetizer, which serves four of their Malta glazed Berkshire pork ribs served with a mole sauce and slaw. That's an appetizer. Okay. Uh, four pack of Sanford house-made elk sausage served with prezilla sausage buns and rhubarb gooseberry mostarda, a northern Italian condiment they make in-house. It's fancy. Have you ever had elk? elk? I have had elk, but I don't think I've ever had an elk sausage. I've had elk tenderloin. Like deer, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then you also get a pasta salad. Uh, the dessert is grilled Georgia peaches because Georgia peaches are in season. That's the only peach that matters. I agree with saying you. saying that, that right now. Yeah. So all those people who are like, oh, I love California peaches, then you just don't have taste buds. You have no sense. You know, you just wrong but anyway <laughs> it's grilled georgia peaches with a bourbon butter caramel topped with amaretti crumble and spice mar- mascarpone that sounds really really nice mm-hmm. then and then, then you also get for that price a sanford embroidered chef coat available in small medium large extra large and other sizes do you have a chef coat and uh no i don't yeah i think i do i have one um I think I got one from Soundbites. I don't even know where it is. Oh, interesting. I don't know where it is at all. Anyway. It looks like you can also buy the coat separately too. Yeah. And also you can get some um, beverages paired with it for extra costs as well, beer, wine, or to be paired with your uh, grill pack. Yeah. 
And then finally, um, Odd Duck has a Father's Day family meal pickup. Uh, on Sunday, June 21st, Father's Day, they're offering a special meal for four that can be picked up and eaten right away for luncheon or heated up for dinner later in the evening with options to add on cheese boards, charcuterie boards, desserts, drinks, and beer. And ribs are such a Father's Day thing, isn't it? Yeah. It sure. smoke smoked baby back ribs with maple bourbon barbecue sauce. See, I just want to say, I like I don't like thick barbecue sauce. I make my own now. Yeah. Um, it's a vinegar. It's more vinegar based. So yeah, it's basically it's apple cider vinegar, a little bit of ketchup or chili sauce, uh, garlic and onions and brown sugar, and I simmer and boil it, and that's the sauce. And just to me, the ribs are already kind of sweet, right? Yeah. And this vinegar kind of cuts the sweetness of the ribs. So I don't. I'm not a big fan of that thick barbecue sauce and those kind of. Yeah, like I don't, I'm not either. Yeah. But anyway, they also have cheddar buttermilk biscuits, which sounds really delightful. Potato salad with eggs and bacon. And a sweet corn salad with avocado, cherry tomato, jalapeno, cheese, and chili vinaigrette. And it serves four people. Uh, you can pick it up uh, at Little Duck Kitchen, the other space around the corner from Odd Duck. And then finally, Birch and Butcher um, has a Dad's Day menu, which includes you can get a six-pack of cinnamon rolls, cream cheese, and icing. Or one pound ham, hand cut ham and rolls for, of course, Milwaukee loves their uh, hot rolls and ham. Yeah. And then you can also yeah. get ready to grill marinated skirt steak. Coming up, we'll continue our conversation about uh, the new vendor in Sherman Phoenix, a new city pilot program for outdoor seating options, and Crazy Water shutting down and becoming a Mexican restaurant. We'll be right back. Nonprofit Radio Milwaukee is brought to you by you. A membership contribution is your personal commitment to music and Milwaukee. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org to check out your donor benefits and the thank you gifts to show off your 88.9 pride. Now we're back on This Bites, Milwaukee's culinary podcast. And uh, some news about Sherman Phoenix, Ann. There's a new vendor in Sherman Phoenix, the really cool place, great story about the building that was uh, transformed to kind of this place for businesses, mostly black-owned businesses, after um, some unrest uh, back in the day. Uh, they have a new vendor, Rise and Grind. They have they opened a new, just opened a new cafe in the Sherman Phoenix facility. Uh, they will be serving breakfast and brunch, uh, and they had a soft opening uh, early this week. And you can also get uh, full coffee and fruit base and green smoothies. They also have another location at 2737 North Martin Luther King Jr. Drive. And uh, so big is up to rise and grind. They're replacing Shindig. So I wonder what happened to Shindig. I'm kind of curious. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, and also, isn't there an, another rise and grind on Titonia too? I think that one closed closed yeah the other one is on martin the king jr drive so i think that one closed not too a while ago pretty sure um but yeah pick up to uh rise and grind um next the city of milwaukee uh just started opening application process for active streets for businesses uh this past wednesday um, cause you, have you, you've seen the signs for active streets for residents, haven't you? You've seen those, right, Ann? I've seen the signs. Yeah. yeah. I actually 
haven't been, you know, so on any of those streets myself. But yeah, because most of they're they're making them into more pedestrian like streets for exactly. people. Exactly. Um, yeah. So now they have ones for businesses. You know. Uh, it's a pilot program, and it's part of the program. Business can apply for a no-fee pilot program that allows bars and restaurants to, to seek permission to expand outdoor seating by turning parking lanes, traffic travel lanes, and sidewalks for more outdoor tables and chairs due to, of course, COVID-19. This will allow them to hopefully boost their capacity and allow them for social distancing. So as you know, you know, restaurants op- operating at 25% or 50% capacity still hurts them, right? So the city is trying to, at least during the summer, kind of help them with their capacity issues so they can hopefully make some extra money to cover their expenses and pay their people. Um, so uh, I don't know how many restaurants applied for this, but I, I bet I'm going to see a lot of restaurants uh, applying for this and taking advantage of this, uh, this program. So just to give you a quick requirements, the businesses must, uh, when you apply... You must have a site plan with the pros with the, the layout of the outdoor dining area, comply with health requirements, intended to slow or prevent the transmit of COVID-19, have removable tables and chairs that do not restrict the pedestrian flow in and out of a building, comply with ADA guidelines and all that kind of stuff. So they have there are some requirements with that. Um, so so I bet we're going to see a whole bunch of restaurants in the streets come this coming summer, which is kind of nice, I think. So what do you think about this pilot program, man? I love this idea. I do. Because, um, you know, right now, and for a while, we have to think about social distancing. And um, I think that, you know, as we talked about, I mean, restaurants opening in limited capacity, it works for some, it doesn't work for others. And this time of year, everybody wants to eat outside. Uh, So... And there are restaurants that maybe only normally have a limited area to, you know, have outdoor seating. This benefits them. In fact, it benefits everybody. So, you know, I I think this is something that economically is is really important um, for helping support our restaurants. And, you know, so people can get outside and kind of safely enjoy uh, restaurant dining, yeah. hopefully. Hopefully. And hopefully there's not a, a second wave, which they are talking about, but hopefully that won't happen. But hopefully this uh, pilot program could help restaurants sustain, at least during the summer. Yeah. Uh, we'll post links and details to uh, where you can find the application if you're interested. Uh, next, and you did a great uh, review of uh, the new restaurant, Kavas. In the uh, Milwaukee Magazine, can you tell me about your experience at Kavas? Uh, well, okay, okay, I was there before the lockdown, um, and it's just a really charming, very tiny uh, Spanish tapas place. And um, the owner is Anna Docta, and she used to have a cafe on Broadway um, called Casana. And um, she really, this is the old Batches Bakery space um, on, uh, let me think, what street would that be? It's right across Um, the street from Dan Dan, basically. Yeah, I guess that's Erie Street. Um, But anyway, obviously when everything had to shut down, she had to shut down the restaurant as well. 
and it's a really tiny, tiny place. So, um, so for them to reopen, I don't know how many tables they're able to occupy inside, but they do have uh, outdoor patio service. So they have reopened. Um, they're open Thursday through Saturday from five to eight. And this was with limited capacity inside patio service and then takeout. And when they talk about takeout, um, she just has a really delicious assortment of Spanish tapas or small plates. In fact, they're, they're just like simple things, you know, like for instance, you can get a plate that has like nuts and manchego cheese and some um, Spanish charcuterie and some really nice bread and have that with a rosé. She's really big into sparkling wines, hence the name Cava. Cavas is the name of, of the place and Cava is um, a, a sparkling, sparkling wine. So, um, it's just a really, um, I, I really found it charming and I'm glad to know that she's back. Um, and, uh, actually take a look at her, um, take a look at her website before you go there just to get an idea of what you, you might want to order. Um, I know that I'm sorry. I think I was just saying she's doing curbside right now, right? She is doing curbside as well. Yeah. Um, but she also does paella, um, but she, she offers them for two people or for four people. So that it's a big, a very large quantity of, of paella. And she does, um, she does kind of a traditional, um, Valenciana one that actually comes with a bottle of sparkling wine and it comes with two crema de chocolat or four, um, depending on how many people that you want to, to, to feed. And she also has uh, two other kinds of, of paella. One is um, a, a one with seafood, so it's got wild-caught mussels and, and prawns and clam juice in it. And then the other one is a mixta, so it's a mix of chicken, chorizo, pork, mussels, um, clam juice, and shrimp. Um, so aside from the small plates, you can get paella as well, which I love. Nice. So if the weather is cooperating or you want to do curbside, uh, I would say check out Cavas. Cool. And you can find that review over at milwaukeemagazine.com. And in the, in, in, actually in the review, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but um, she also kind of tells us kind of a really simple way to put together uh a sangria at home. So she kind of gives us a very simple sort of recipe, nothing um, that would require too many ingredients, um, but a really refreshing sangria to have on a, on a summer day. All right. And next up, we're going to talk about crazy water. How do I miss about crazy, crazy water uh, is um, shutting down July 2nd, but they're not shutting down for good. They're transforming into a Mexican restaurant called La Dama Mexican Kitchen with a planned date of opening on July 7th. So it's... Uh, yeah, pretty interesting, huh? Yeah. I'm, Crazy Water um, was open for 18 years or has been open for 18 years on 2nd Street. And to be honest, it was the restaurant, probably the restaurant that signaled kind of the rebirth of that corridor for dining, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. And 
it when it opened, it was uh, it was really it was notable for several reasons. The food is really good, um, but also the fact that a lot of the cooking was being done behind the bar, and that was unusual. And everybody thought, oh, this is really cool. I can come into this little bar and I can watch the whole process take place. So that that's always been something that I think um, has made Crazy Water kind of unique. Um, it's an old world. It was a German bar at one point, so there's a lot really? of dark wood in there. Um, it's very pretty. But um, anyway, I've talked to, to Peggy, the owner, and um, I'm sure it's really bittersweet for her. Um, but she wants to try something new and, and she thinks, you know, the timing right now is kind of, kind of perfect for that. Um, as I think, um, you know, with, uh, you know, restaurants reopening after the lockdown, maybe people are going to be eating differently. She's, she thinks so, you know, and, and I think she's noticed that people are dining differently. So, um, she uh, told me she's going to be doing kind of a refined cantina menu. Okay. Um, and she's been traveling a lot to Mexico. That So it's it's kind of based on her travels. She has a chef that works with her named Emmanuel. Um, and he's been, he's been cooking with her for a really long time. And uh, I think together they're going to put together a pretty interesting menu. I don't know what it looks like yet, but I'm excited to see it. Well, I read... I read something on, uh, I think it was on Milwaukee about, uh, it looks like they might be starters like ceviche, scallops, crudo, house-made chips with guacamole. Entrees might be like smoked pork belly tacos, grilled octopus tostadas, whole fish, um, house-made blood sausages, house-made cheeses, and tamales are some of the ideas they're thinking to be on the menu. And moles. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and uh, again, the, again, the scheduled grand opening is uh, July seventh. So that's not too far away. So looking forward to some uh, new options for Mexican cuisine in the city. I think I think it sounds interesting, and I'm I'm excited for her. But um, if you do want to get like a last taste of Crazy Water, you have until July second to do so because she is open for curbside. Um, well, that about does it for this week's edition of Dispice. But I want to talk to you, Anne, about today is Juneteenth. Um, gotten a lot of uh, press lately this year um, for obvious reasons. Um, but mm-hmm. some people, a lot of people still, there's a lot of people who still never heard of it before. So I just want to go over what Juneteenth is. And then Michael Twitty shared a great piece about food and Juneteenth. And I want to like read a little bit of that and uh, point you all to go check out his uh well, it's not really his story, but it's an interview him talking about food and Juneteenth. So Juneteenth is uh, considered the country's second Independence Day. Um, it's been celebrated for years among the African-American community, uh, but most people have really never heard of it. Like certain cities have heard of it because they have huge celebrations for Juneteenth. Like Milwaukee is one of the largest ones. Racine has one. Minneapolis is pretty huge as well. Um, but the story is basically what happened um, after the Civil War. The westernmost of the Confederate states, Texas did not get the news of General Lee's surrender uh, um, in April until two months after the fact. Um, so, But they heard once Union, Union General Gordon Granger, a New York and West Point graduate, 
um, arrived in Galveston Bay in Texas with more than 2,000 Union troops. It was on June 19th that he publicly read General Order Number 3, which began, the people of Texas are informed that in accordance with a proclamation from the executive of the United States, all slaves are free. So basically, the people in Texas, um, whether the, the owners knew or not, um, I kind of believe they probably knew and just didn't tell anybody. But anyway, uh, in amazement and disbelief, the 250,000 former slaves in Texas, a quarter of a million slaves were still slaves after the Emancipation Proclamation was declared two months earlier. In Texas, they, when they learned that they were freed, uh, which not, could not be enforced until the war was over, they were shocked, disoriented, most likely fearful of uncertain future in which they could do as they please. They basically celebrated. Uh, they had a jubilee, uh, uh, to begin it, which began the tr- tradition of Juneteenth. So a little history behind that. Um, it's celebration included singing, pig roast, rodeos, uh, and it spread around commu- African-American communities, black communities around the country. Uh, then Michael Twitty gets into the food of Juneteenth, which is really interesting. Uh, I don't know if you know this, Anne. Traditional foods of Juneteenth are red. Did you know that? I I was reading a story, and I, it was actually an interview with him, and he was explaining that. I did not know that. Yeah, so red foods, red soda, barbecue sauce, sweet potatoes, baked beans, watermelon. And you've probably seen a lot of posts about red velvet cake. So yes, that is why exactly. it's red. And why it's red Basically, it symbolized perseverance um, of of our the ancestors and what the slaves went through. Um, that's why red represents. Um, it's also the color of creativity, color of fire, the color of war, the color of resistance. When red shows up, according to Michael Twitty, you know it's a most spiritual moment. So I just wanted to bring that up and share that with uh, our audience out there about Juneteenth, since today is Juneteenth, a special, a special day uh, for the black community in this country, uh, considered the second Independence Day uh, of America. And I know it's even more important now because of where everything's going on. I see, you know, companies making a national holiday, um, sports teams, cities, counties, all the, I've been reading a lot about people making an official holiday. So I thought I want to highlight a little bit about Juneteenth because people might be curious about the history. And then I want to share a little bit about the food uh, to close out this week's edition of This Bites. Uh, Well, that about wraps up this week's edition of This Bites. This Bites is edited by Kenny Perez. Handcrafted sonic inspiration comes from the License Lab with support from Society Insurance and your membership. Subscribe to this podcast at RadioMilwaukee.org slash ThisBites. Find us on iTunes, NPR, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And remember, feedback's important, so please rate and review. And as always, and stay hungry. And keep the Malort cold. You have a great weekend, Anne. You too.